Welcome to the Inside the Junior Rain podcast. I'm your host, Ben Frank, and each and every week we give you an inside look on what goes on behind the scenes of a USA Hockey model association, the Junior Rain. We believe in learning, we believe in age-appropriate, long-term athletic development, and we believe we have the responsibility to harness the power of youth sports to create better athletes, better people, closer families, and a better world. Thank you for joining us, and together we can make youth hockey a life-changing experience. Oh, okay. I think we're live. Uh, let me just see. We don't have our production assistant today, so we're going to just get it up on the screen to make sure last week we were sideways. So we're going to make sure everything's right for our viewers. And uh, welcome. Let's see. Are we good? Not yet. Um, Welcome to episode number 10 of Inside the Junior Reign, where we show you a behind-the-scenes look at what goes into together making youth sports a life-changing experience. I am your club president, Ben Frank. With me, as always, is our Chief of Hockey Operations, Paul Esdale. Say hi to everyone, Paul. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. And what we're trying to do just before we get things started is make sure that we have everything showing correctly, which looks like we do. <laughs> So we got, we got you guys on the screen now so we can see comments that might be coming in. We can see um, if we're sideways or, or facing up. So it looks like we're good to go. And the topic of today's uh, show is called Hockey for Life. So before right, we're about to just dig right into that right now. Before we do, uh, if you're watching us, please uh, give us a like on Facebook and give us a, a comment in the comment section or a thumbs up to let us know you're watching. Let us know your comments or your questions. And, uh, of course, if you like what you hear, we appreciate you sharing the episode with your friends. Um, so, uh, Paul, tell us about Hockey for Life and why did we select this title? Where does it come from? Well, USA Hockey put out these principles uh, years ago when the ADM came out about the different stages of, of hockey for people. And it really covers you know, all the youth stages, then into the adult ages. And really it shows you kind of a guide for what you should be doing at that age and what's important and what the focus is on. And I think it just, you know, revisiting it gives you a good alignment on kind of understanding the purpose of this all and, you know, how at different ages there's different things we're trying to do and shows the importance of, of, of those for those age groups. Can you show on your computer screen real quick sure. a second, Paul? So, so Yosaka has this chart and if you'd like a copy of it, uh, you can download this, download this online, but we can also send it to you. I'm happy to do so. Um, let's see, maybe we move it a little bit closer, just to show everyone what it looks like, and then and then we'll talk about it a bit. So we can we can get this download for everyone uh, if you'd like it. And uh, I think that's good, Paul. Um, yep. And then um, basically, what I think one of the reasons why I thought it was, we thought it was important to talk about today was um, it's it it really brings us back to the ultimate goal, right? So we talked about windows of trainability in the past. Um, and it's easy to focus on where we are today for, for a player's development or for a certain team. And we talk about what the goal of a youth hockey club should be. Um, and our goal and, and our role is to develop hockey players for life. And people that fall in love with the game, people that maybe go on to be pros, maybe go on to be college players, but people that no matter where, where they end up at the end of their path, what path they choose, that they become hockey fans, they, become, they love the sport. Maybe their kids play in the future, they stay involved in an active lifestyle as they get older, they get involved in coaching or things like that, and they love what the game has done for their life, and they have special memories of the game, being a part of their life, being a part of their 
family's life and growing up with their mom or their dad and uh, or their brothers or their sisters. And so really focusing on that big long-term picture, being able to have that one pager that kind of shows you the whole picture. And then how do we, and then so how do we get to that goal of hockey for life? How do we get to that goal where, where all the kids love hockey for life and want to be a part of it for life? Yeah, so I think starting with the stages, right? Uh, there's this, they're kind of seven stages, and I'll, I'll read off here so we get them in order and correct. Uh, so you got the ultimate goal broken down into seven yeah. main stages. And, and that and that's the key is understanding the stages. That's really what. So what, where you are. So where you are in the stage because you can enter at any time. Right. And that's the cool thing about hockey. Um, usually, when you're younger, to enter at a younger age is definitely easier. And, and well, why is that, right? Can why can't a 13 year old enter hockey? Uh, and have success. Well, you can, yeah. but it's harder. And the reason actually is because of the windows of trainability. Right. Because if they if they they're gonna miss out on you know from six years old to twelve years old on those important windows. Um, that's why it's more difficult to enter later. But you still can. And that's why you see that adults enter later yeah. and still enjoy the game and what it can do for them. So the first one is ages zero to six, which is kind of the active start they talk about. And then six to nine is fundamentals. And then nine to twelve is learn to train. I think we start with those and talk a little bit about those. Um, so the active start is really that physical literacy, right? It's those movement skills, and and there's a lot, and there's definitely talk about playing other sports. You'll say hockey encourages that, making sure kids experience different things from running, jumping, kicking, skating, swimming, all these different athletic movements that they start to understand their body. Uh, you think about it as, as, a, as, a, as a baby uh, learning to walk, yeah. right? Crawl, 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 fall, fall, fall. You know, they slowly start to rise and now they can walk, right? It, it's really, hockey and ice skating is really tough. Mm -hmm. You're on this small little steel blade and we're expecting these kids at 9, 10, 11 year olds to look like NHL players when the reality is that it's so challenging and so difficult that it takes years and years of deliberate practice to get good at something and kind of knowing the stages of where you're entering and what the focus is really important to start. So if your kid so for kids that are under six years of age, right, hockey or skating in general, great sport for them to sample and try with we want them doing all kinds of different movement skills, like you said, swimming, running, jumping, throwing, soccer, you know, uh, gymnastics whatever that may be. And skating and hockey is a great part of that sampling because skating is a different movement skill that kids learn. It's, glide, it's some kind of gliding, it's a movement skill they can, they can pick up something to sample, to sample with. And, and it's a great thing for if people have, you know, the kids put them in different programs and try a skating program, try a hockey program in that six and under. And it's really in that sampling stage, that active start, that first of seven uh, stages of the hockey for life. And, and, yeah, and in that they talk about in the water, on the ground, in the air, on the ice or snow. Yeah. So it's kind of a neat thing where they, they put those in different categories on where you attain those 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 skills. So a key component of those overall movement skills being that, that skating or you know gliding on the on the ice or snow, right? So this is not the stage six years old under six years old, not the stage for pressure to win, <laughs> pressure to compete, uh, travel, you know, etc. Things like that. It's a sampling. It's a getting exposed to different movement skills. Yeah, and that's why you you know kids at, at the still you know they'll join club hockey programs like even our program at six years old, and it's important that the we're joining and the expectations are aligned with well why, why are they joining it? And it's not because they're you know trying to travel all around the states to yeah. win all these trophies and be, be this big success at six years old. Yeah. is to get in the right development program and model to make sure they hit all the right windows 
for down the road when they're ready to actually compete when they're older ages. And that's why uh, the kids, say we, like you said, we do have, towards the end of this phase, we do have some kids that are program like six years old, but the, the off-ice programming that they're doing, running, jumping, throwing, like different things like that, and we hope that they're doing other things outside of, the, outside of that as well. Yeah, and, we, and we've talked about this a lot, and, and similar themes is that fun, right? And that fun factor is critical. Um, that's something that we've really focused on at the eight and under level and redesigned our mic program over the years to allow for a ton of fun. Yeah. The kids love coming to practice. They know they know they're going to be they're going to be in a fun environment. They know they're going to have a lot of a lot of uh, enjoyment with their teammates, uh, a lot of positivity from the coaches, and a lot of activity where they go go go. And there's no time to really think about anything else. And that's really following the, the science of the windows trainability at this age is really critical for the development. Right. All right, let's move on to fundamentals, phase two of the seven. Yeah, phases. so the fundamentals is actually, the, it's still the physical literacy, right? Like we talked about, but now it's about skill, uh, acquiring skills, right? So that's a really important one where they start to acquire it. Um, and and this, is, this is still the might age level. So the amount of practices, the amount of touches on the ice, the off ice, these are all critical that there, there are certain numbers that they don't go, it's not, not too little, but it's definitely not too much. Yeah. And that's the one concern, especially at the younger ages, about, you know, everyone heard the term the burnout, right? Yeah. And that's that's over-practicing, over-gaming at the younger ages, over-scheduling, yeah, right? Especially in competition and things like that. Totally. Right? And it, it, and if, if that happens, you may have some see some faster development and more success early, uh, but how long is that sustainable for? And that's the risk of doing that at those younger ages, even at 12 and under and below, is doing that at the wrong times and specializing uh, and trying to compete and, and, and learning to win kind of stuff at that age is, is by 13, 14, 15, that's when kids will have the burnout and then the, the sad thing is that they'll actually quit. Yeah. And they'll, they'll miss out on all the life experiences and the hockey for life because we, we put it on them too early. And that's, that happens a lot in a lot of sports, I think. And, and that's the critical part that we have to understand that it's, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And understanding these phases is really critical. Yeah. So it's really it's called fundamentals, right? Yeah. The stage is called fundamentals. We're starting to acquire some skills, physical literacy. So boys uh, six, to t six to nine and females six to eight, starting to acquire some skills uh, and learn skills. They're still playing other multiple sports, uh, focuses on fun so that they're falling in love with the sport. That's the, you know, the biggest part of that phase is the first three letters of the, yeah. the word fundamentals. So, now let's move on to learn, learn to train. So we have uh, eight to eleven for females and nine to twelve for males. So just coming out of eight, just coming out of eight youth into the squirt peewee age groups. Yeah, and this, and I'm using my computer here just to follow along because there's a lot of details in this yeah. um, as they grow, as they change, their bodies are changing. Now this is where there's some change in the body, right? And now we're working on fine motor skills, right? And we're also cognitive development as well. So now they're starting to some understanding of why we're doing this. And that's a really important part of it. And that's where now we start to increase the puck touches. Uh, sorry, the, the, the ice touches. So there's more ice touches now. Now they're up to three days a week. There's more off ice. There's some classroom work. And that's how the curriculum is built off of this Hockey for Life pyramid um, because it follows you know, the science behind the development of the kids. And that will definitely give the kids the best chance to have Hockey for Life. So again, so we, we have active start, we're kind of sampling, right? Trying different movement skills up to six years old, six to eight, six to nine years old, 
fundamentals, making sure that it's fun, making start, starting to get kids the passion for the sport that they want to come to break, they want to they want to be there as they learn some skills so they can have some more success skills that are that are relatable to their windows of trainability that they can learn at that right time so they can enjoy the sport more as they get more proficient at skating and handling the puck a little bit into as you're coming out of the eight and under age group squirt and peewee age groups learn learning to train so right so now again um increasing their amounts of touches on the ice it doesn't mean increasing the amount of games right we so we go from two practices two practices a week with with one game or or a game every other week up to three practices a week with to one game so three to one ratio and we're starting to increase the amount of technical training a little bit right and starting to increase yeah. the, some some of those technical skills and and really again learn to train right so the focus isn't on the competition and on the games it's on the training maximizing that those touches in the environment of training those skills and, and the other key point that we that they talk about here is, is is the training of the skills and the concepts right that's that cognitive ability and then this is where we start to see some transfer to the game yeah. right and not all but yeah. they're starting to see some of the some of the stuff that they're doing they start to understand it and now you're starting to see some application during game game mode right so learning to train so they're not they're just they're just learning how to yeah. how to train themselves yeah. and as skills so that takes us up to about 11 or 12 years old uh, next the next phase so there's train to train and that's uh 11 to 15 for females 12 to 16 for males and then there's learn to compete that's 15 to 18 and 16 to 18 for males and then we get to train to compete and that's 19 plus uh, 19 21 19 23 and then train to win which is also 19 plus that goes into the, the higher levels of really when winning really matters and this is at the national level right so it's amazing right the first the first time they use the word win is night age 19 plus right so we're down at the the, the squirt and peewee level 10 or 12 under level we're talking about learn just learning to train so we've hopefully by that point we've developed a passion and a love for the sport we've learned to starting to learn how to train because now they love the sport and they want to get better at it so we're teaching them how to how to train how to train their skills focusing on their skills train to train with the next phase the fourth phase yeah. that really goes into the into the uh, towards the end of the peewee into the bantam and early midget levels yeah. right so we want to talk a little bit about the train yeah, to train phase and, and this is where now instead of sampling all these different sports yeah. now that's reduced it doesn't mean it's given up though quite yet mm -hmm. um, so there's a little a little more special specialization at this age uh, and now there's some more of that technical skill development and understanding you know I'm working on this left crossover, this certain move, why I'm doing it, now how it applies, now I can understand when I do that in a game, when I don't do that in a game. So that's when you start to see that stuff and you start to see a little more, uh, some of the weight training now, there's some more of that starting to creep in, um, some strength stuff, right? And that, that follows the windows of trainability, so it starts to creep in and then that will grow into the next phase. So as, as, the, as the player becomes you know, 13 to 14 years of age, starting into the Bantam age group, this is often a time where it starts to become a decision for the player is to, so maybe they're playing two or three sports at that point, hopefully. Um, do I want to pursue hockey at a high performance track or do I want to continue playing hockey for fun and enjoyment only? And so starting to understand that decision is, do I want to take this as far as I possibly can to the highest level I possibly can? If that's the case, this is the time to start to really ramp it up you know, it's, you know, extra training, your season becomes a little bit longer through the off season <coughs> and preparing and, and, and you're, and, and you start to scale back off of the other activities and really make a full commitment to hockey. Or you can of course still continue to play hockey and, and kind of go towards down towards the recreational 
path where you're playing because you love the sport and you're meeting friends and you're learning life lessons and things and understanding those and, and maybe you're playing multiple sports too maybe hockey is your second or third sport that, that play but starting to be aware of that decision and what it takes to to go to the next level yeah and then once they hit the learn to compete right so that's that's a different phase like you talked about they transfer into well now i have a mission on now 15 18 i begin to specialize more and the competition uh the amount the number of competitions raises mm -hmm. and the importance of it the, the actual importance of the the amount of competition that there is 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 really the critical part of it is they start to get in that phase where now it's a priority on taking care of themselves uh you know training uh physical you know not physical fitness but training towards hockey yeah right it's hockey Specific it's more hockey. hockey related where now i'm thinking about uh you know, after games, post-game recovery, pre-game stuff, all this stuff now starts to get into that phase where I, I'm, I want to take my game to the next level and, you know, understanding what it, what you need to do to take it there. And that's that age. And that doesn't, like, we're talking 15 to 18 years old, right? So we're talking about, um, you know, midget-level hockey, uh, some junior hockey now. Yeah. Um, and then now, you know, kids at the highest level, they're 18, 19 years old. You know, looking at you know NCAA and Division One, Division Three hockey. So talk about this. We talked about learn to compete and the train to compete, and then the seventh final stage of train to win. Paul, talk about the the seventh stage of the train to win and how that how that comes into play. Yeah. So well, the train to compete is now they're transferring that to the game environment, right? And the train to win now it's really focused on all the key characteristics of trying to of trying to win hockey games and do their best, right? So like you talked about. It's that it's that we're like a professional, right? They everything's planned and structured for their day around the competition. Right. So now we're like 19 plus. It that's what it's it's structured their daily life. You know, they take care of whether they're in you know high school or college. You know, they structure their day around to be at what we talked about as peak performance right. or optimal performance, right? So they everything's structured around that. Their their sleep. Their eating, the entire focus their is the game is to be the best for that game. It, it, to win the maximal amounts that they could win that game. That's at 19 plus. Prepa yeah, right. 19 age, 19 plus. They're preparing to win that game. So their practice, they're preparing to win that game. Their individual preparation, their mental focus, all the the tech, the, the, the way the coach is going to run the lines and the systems, all, all towards that game on. Yeah, but and, and, but that doesn't, and, and even at the NHL level, that doesn't mean they just throw out everything yeah. that happened beforehand, right? They don't throw out. You know, oh, we want we want to make sure it's a you know actor practice. The kids have fun. Um, they they have their skill development in the practice. Like that, that's the critical thing. Is that all that all the skill development and stuff that they do at the twelve and under ages? It's there's there's the same thing at the older ages. It's just packaged differently yeah. and it looks differently, right? Instead of puck pirates, it's you know one on one battles along the boards or whatever it is. It's something like that, right? It's just different. And there's percent different percentages. At different times of the season, right? That's when you start to talk about season plans, right? You talk about peaking, and you know now you're starting about you know power play units when they use the power play, how they practice it, all these different things. As they get into the older ages, that's when they start to really hit those stages, and that's really you know when kids hit the you know the professional levels of they're really the training to win, right? Even at the NCAA double like we've talked about before, is it's that great development environment to develop hockey players and people and it's 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 you know it's it's about winning but it's also really about the development of the players 
We had a, a comment here. I just want to say we had Grant watching. Hey, Grant Berkeley is watching today. That's hey, Burke, how you doing? Hope we get some ribs cooking for us. And we got a comment from uh, Arinda, a fan. I love this. Really clears it up for me as a parent. Uh, what should what I should be focused with for Nathan? And a reminder of not putting the necessary pressure on. That's awesome. Thank you for that, Arinda. So I just wanted just to speak to that. So we talked about those seven phases in the final phase, 19 plus being trained to win. And we often talk about some of the problems in the, with the culture of youth sports. And oftentimes this is reversed, right? The, the, the train, the, this is why this is so important. UCLA hockey has these phases laid out clear, clearly with what ages the emphasis is on and should be on. And this is, again, this is from the national development program. This is for, from, a, from an organization that wants to create the best players in the world for the Olympics, for the world championship teams, for the NHL level. And this is what they're saying is going to develop players yeah, for that. And just on that point, Ben, is USA Hockey, National Hockey League, uh, USA Hockey, National Hockey they don't care about uh, you know how good our Squirt BB team is, right? Or how many games you yeah. win at the Squirt BB level or PBAA or PBAAA. They don't care about any of that, right? They want whole developed people and players at the appropriate ages when it's time for them to take the next step to actually be a part of something. So when hockey, you know, winning, losing scoreboard results actually matter, right? And, and, and just to clarify, it doesn't, it doesn't mean the scoreboard results don't matter. It's just the emphasis is at different stages in, in this, in this development pyramid. Well, and it's what, it's what is, what's that teaching? The, 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 the result of the scoreboard at a younger age teaches us, things doesn't teach us these kids are no good or these kids are the best it teaches us how do you handle adversity how do you handle success how do we make get better all these other things which is what the emphasis is but i just want to get back to so unfortunately when this when this isn't looked at this these state these phases and maybe we talked about the professionalizing of youth sports we talked about the entertainment culture people may be watching the nhl games or being a former nhl player or coach or whatever it is and then applying those same principles to youth hockey at the different ages and phases when it's a different when it's a different priority and the problem what it's it I don't think a lot of people don't realize how big that problem is if the fit if the top phase of ninth that it's supposed to be started at 19 years 19 years of age trained to win is now put into place at an eight and under level or ten and under or twelve and under hopefully not a six and under level but we've seen that um, what that how that actually flips everything upside down so training to win now changes let's how what does that actually look like the practice now becomes less about the skill development of the players and more about trying to win the game on the weekend, which is again maybe a pro a pro approach. So now the, the drills that they do in practice is a completely different approach. Now you're practicing your positions or your breakouts or your whatever you're gonna do is gonna try to win that game in that short term on, on the weekend, and you're forgetting about the long-term development of those kids. It, you can maybe uh, make kids af afraid to make a mistake or do these types of things, focusing on the win, and you're taking the, the fun and the passion out of it, which completely turns things upside down, right? So maybe talk, Paul, a little bit about what that, what that can do to the approach. If, if even just that one, that yeah. one uh, main goal, like if we're trying to win hockey games, how it turns the whole model upside down. Well, we've talked about before, I think a couple things come to mind is one is ownership and, and whose experience is this, right? And I think we talked about before about the PCA and the start of their their video intro video they talk about I thought youth sports was supposed to be fun like yeah. why are we playing so I, I think when we start talking about this, I you know I'm I'm around a lot of different uh, age levels and I, I, I'm seeing it at the eight and under level still uh, where it's backwards right it's it's they're trying to everything's about the winning and it's really twisted and we've seen over the years that when the focus is on the wrong things that 
you know, kids aren't playing the game for themselves, right? And now it becomes more adult-centered, and that's really the problem, right, is that we're trying to control everything as adults because we, we think we know everything, we think we know the right way, and now I control everything that the player does on the ice because I tell him what to do all the time, no matter what, and I do that because I want to win the eight-year-old hockey game, and I know if I tell Yanni what to do, that's going to give him some short-term success, uh, but of course, he's not going to know why he's doing that. So it's really just uh, turning him into a robot and, and almost brainwashing him to do that. And then we, you know, down the road, we know that's going to be, uh, you know, really detrimental for his development. And not just his development as a hockey player, but development as a person. And that's when I talk about ownership, right? Because it's not his experience. The, his experience is me experiencing it for him. And there's a quite a bit of difference, right? And and I, when I, when, when a coach... As, or not always, always telling the kid, you know, do this, do this, do that on the ice rink. And then when they have, when they fail, you did that wrong, you did that wrong, you did that wrong. You know, year after year after year, this, this stuff builds up and it hurts self-esteem. It, it hurts confidence. And then in turn, it, it, it turns people away from the game. And when now when they're old enough, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, to make decisions on their own, they make the decision that they don't want to play anymore. Yeah. And it's not, and the, the sad thing is it's not the kid's fault, but now we blame the kids, say, oh, well, he's a quitter. Yeah. But really it was the, is what the adults did in the early stages of his development and putting him in that environment that forced him into that decision over years of, of, of bad environment, you know, almost abuse, right? And not the proper optimal learning environment we talked about when he walked on the rank, this should be looked at as a classroom or a laboratory, you know, not the, you know, Olympics and the gold medals on the line kind of yeah. thing, right? And we talk often, we've said it many times about the, the scary stat, it's a, it's a reality, unfortunately, in youth sports. We talked a lot about what youth sports can be, what's done for our lives, what it can do for kids' lives. We feel every kid should have the opportunity to play youth sports because of what they can learn, the, the, the friends, the life lessons, the discipline, the hard work, the, the coachability, dealing with adversity, you know, dealing with success, all these things that every kid should have the opportunity to do. And yet, unfortunately, three to four kids in the United States quit sports by the age of 13. 70, more than 75% of kids are just done with sports completely by the age of 13 and missing out on those, those lessons and that active lifestyle for the rest of their life. And the number one reasons, too much pressure, not fun, not, not, not able, not enough playing time, those types of things, which is completely adult controlled, yeah. right? And, and so, scary thing to think about, it's something we have to take responsibility for. And this, this, it, this is all connected with, if the, if the model's reversed, Training to win, if the focus is on winning the game that weekend, I don't care if it's score day, which is the highest level of, of 10U hockey in California, PEAA, it, these are all development levels, youth hockey development levels, even the highest levels, even up 16 and under. Um, and if the focus is trained to win, you're going to have the focus of practice is not going to be fun. It's going to be on trying to win the games. The, the, the players that are most, most advanced, biggest, strongest, or most uh, experienced are going to play more. The players that aren't as developed yet are going to play less. The kid maybe that's that's not as fast. Stay on defense and stay back and don't try to make plays because they're going to make make a mistake and cost the, cost the team that way. And all these things are going to be changed. The way the coach is going to yell the instructions on the ice the entire game to make sure the kids do dump it off the board or put it make make the safe plays to help the team win games. You can manufacture wins that way. That's not good coaching, right? Just be, that's where. Play at the NHL level, a coach who wins a lot of games is considered a good a good coach. A coach who wins all the games at youth hockey may be a good coach or they may be an awful coach, yeah. depending on what how they're doing that.
Yeah, and the point is, uh, at certain age groups, the development is, you have to justify, like, you, you shouldn't be paid. It's, it's every age level is development, yeah. right? Until you're a professional hockey yeah. player, yeah. and then you're being paid. But then even at the professional level, like we talked about last week, is they're still trying to develop the right culture, the right people, and improve their players. Because in the long run, run, long run that's going to give them more success, right? right? So it's a crazy notion to think that we're, we're worried about 8 and under, 10 under, 12 and under, that you know, if they lose the game, it's the end of the world kind of thing, and we're getting all upset and emotional and screaming at our at kids uh, that they lost the game or they made a mistake or that we're worried about that, right? There's every opportunity, uh, you know, win, lose, or draw, you know, good play, bad play, there's an opportunity to learn. And I think that's the, it's easy because hockey is an emotional game and we're all competitive, we want to win, that it's easy to forget that it's really important that we have to take a step back and understand that these are kids, right? They are going to make mistakes, just like, you know, adults, we're going to make mistakes and making sure we have the perspective that, you know, this is, should be a learning environment, kid, kid focused, not, not, not adult centered. And that leads me to the next point is that's really critical. And we see this all the time is we see a younger player, um, or even at the older ages that is, is underdeveloped and, you know, a coach will say, well, he's no good. And, and that's the one of the biggest things I see wrong with youth sports and youth hockey is when we tell, you know, an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, well, yeah, he just isn't very good. And, and you know, with the research we've done and, and spending a lot of time on this, we realize that it's not the kid's fault that he's underdeveloped or he's not at a certain level. It's really what's been, do what's been happening before in his hockey experience. And really, it usually falls on the, the organization or the coach, right, because they put the kid in the wrong environment or wrong program, right? So the, the eight-year-old, you know, he's been just focused on, you know, stand around and work on positions and trying to win a hockey game and be, get on the best team. And that team had 15 players and they the coach played the top eight or nine players. And then, you know, Johnny and Jimmy, uh, those were the, the bad players so they don't get to play because that's gonna affect the eight-year-old result. And then now they come uh, you know, to a new program nine or ten, and they miss out on the windows, and they're broken players. And really, it's not the kids' fault. It's not that they're not good. It's because of what happened before them, the previous hockey experience. And we know that being put, and that's why being put in the right environment as soon as you can is so critical because it's so hard to get all those years back and all those puck touches, all those reps, and all the, the right environment. The fun and the passion, and, and that's right. So if if they miss out on all that. They're going to be behind the eight ball, and they're re, they're getting rehabilitated, right? And that's why it takes so many years for someone that was in that um, toxic environment to actually believe in himself and believe in herself and have trust in the coach and trust in the game that hockey is actually supposed to be fun. Yeah. Well, I didn't know it was only about winning, and and when I lost uh, the coach and my dad was going to yell at me, I didn't know that was supposed to be that way. And I've experienced that, and that's really a sad thing, right? That kids don't even understand that practice is supposed to be fun, right? Games are supposed to be fun. The experience and hanging out with your buddies and waving to your friend while you're on the ice, that's supposed to be fun, and that's enjoyable, and that's okay because we're a kid and we get to do those things. And it doesn't mean we're not serious about training kids. It actually means we're more serious mm -hmm. because we're willing to have the leadership and the courage to do the right thing for the kids. And that's the biggest thing we see in youth sports is that People don't have the courage to do the right thing. They're going to go along with society, go along with entertainment culture, and you know, just yell, scream, and try to win the 12-year-old hockey game 
when the real development and the real curves and real leadership is is taking a stand and doing the right thing. Standing against that, standing against that culture, and being willing to 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 maybe lose the game to play all the to play all the kids to develop sure. all the you're, kids. You're, you're going to lose the yeah. game when you play if you have twelve kids on a team and you have six really high skilled players and six underdeveloped kids and you play everyone equally and the other team has you know eight really strong kids. You'll probably lose the game. Yeah. And it's having the courage to do the right thing and make sure you develop those kids. All the kids on the bench, that's real coaching. That's real leadership. And that's that's real truth in the long run. Uh, you know. And now the, the problem is that we're focused on the short term, so it's hard for people to see that, right? And that's our job to educate and develop that. And being willing to separate, like you said, being able to separate your own ego, your own interests from what your role is in that environment, the role of, of us in a youth sports environment is not to manufacture something so for our own success, for our own, we put on a banner or whatever, on, a, on, a, on an advertisement, champion, whatever, hang, hang the bands. We love winning, we're athletes ourselves, we love to compete and love to win, but knowing what our role is in, that, in those stages of development and the stages of hockey for life, and knowing to separate our own, our own egos from what's best for all of the players, and knowing that, like you said, Kids have different backgrounds and experiences, so maybe the kids have been in a, in a, in a good, strong sporting environment for years, or maybe some kids started later, yeah. and also kids just develop at different rates, regardless. Some kids within the same program are gonna develop at different rates. Some kids grow, grow faster, some kids uh, go through different windows where they, where they pick up skills faster, and, and we're not just gonna focus only on those kids because those kids are gonna help us win. We're gonna focus on all of the kids because also we know that we, they can all develop into good hockey players if we give them that right environment. And if you think of this way, doesn't every player deserve a chance to reach his full development and his full optimal, his optimal genetic potential? Right. If you if you go to a program where they just focus on the top players, right, and you're one of those top players, that's great for that one year, two years. But what's going to happen in a couple of years when you're not that top player anymore? Mm -hmm. Right. You will be replaced, yeah. and that's the scary thing is that. You need to be in an environment that puts all the kids first. And that's why even for elite players, it's important to be in environments that it's not just about developing them. It's about, about developing the players around them, the players below, below them, and even on the lower teams in them. Yeah. Because the stronger and more do we develop all the players, the stronger the culture and the environment and the training becomes. And in turn, in the long run, the better that elite player will be. Yeah. Great. Right, so Paul, if someone wants a copy of the of the sheet, uh, they can just yeah, I think we'll, yeah, we'll email or we'll, we'll, I think the best thing is we'll post, we'll post it on Facebook as well, okay. so people can take a look, look right. at it that way. And it's called USD Hockey's uh, Hockey for Life: Seven Stages. Um, as always, uh, uh, it's from the American Development Model, of course. Uh, as always, if you like what you heard today, and if you're watching along with us, give us a comment, a thumbs up, let us know you're there. Uh, we love hearing your comments and your questions. Uh, also, share share the uh, the post with your friends. And we'll be back uh, next Monday at 2 p.m., as always, for episode number 11 of Inside the Junior Rain. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys.